Okay, welcome back, everyone. Hey, Jen. Hey, Steve. We'd like to thank everyone for rejoining us on Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast, Episode 1.17, Life Among the Gorillas. And we have some exciting developments this week. (laughs) One, I started my new job, but we won't get into that, although I am a boss now. I just need to hire people. Should you put up some motivational posters like Barney has? I was actually just thinking about that. (laughs) And then two, we are on all the other uh, avenues of, of, or what's the word I'm looking for, of like Stitcher and all that. Yeah, we're on a few different um, podcast apps right now. So we're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And the podcast is growing, so that's really exciting for us. Um, Yeah, it looks like we have maybe like 20 listeners now. It's hard to tell because we can't get the statistics from Apple Podcasts. They're not reliable right now. Um, But yeah, off of Stitcher and Spotify, we're definitely getting some listeners. We're getting some Instagram followers. So things are things are building. So it's exciting. So we're on. It's all happening. We're recording episode 17 right now, but we've actually only put out six episodes. So, you know, still fairly early. So it's nice to see that we're gaining some people that are listening and some engagement. So I'm excited. Yeah, and we got our first fan email encouraging us to keep it up and that he likes our format. So, yay. We, I also got a negative review by somebody on Twitter saying that I was too <laughs> whiny and negative. I'm not sure if he had listened his way all through all the first six episodes. I think I would agree with him that I don't want to say I'm whiny, but negative is probably fair because, uh, you know, out of the first six episodes, there's only one that I really liked. So I was probably a little down on the other ones. Yeah. So, well, I don't know if that listener's still around. Yeah. We're into some episodes that we really do like. So hopefully that's reflected in the pod. Well, when we get to season two, that's going to be a lot more common, obviously. And, you know, quite frankly, we're just not going to be that, that podcast that is our sycophants. Mm-hmm. Over the show, we're going to talk about the good and the bad. Yeah, no, I mean, we definitely have our episodes that we like more than others. And this is the format we've always liked when we listen to podcasts. So, not for everyone, but hopefully uh, by the time we're at this episode, we've got many, many, many more listeners and they enjoy the way we deliver the content. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, if you know, we're only six episodes in and we're starting to develop that base hopefully you know in another 11 episodes it's even it's even greater so so thank you for writing in any sort of support if you make some poignant comments and you want us you don't mind us reading it then we're just going to assume that if you write to us and it's sort of a comment on the show or an episode we're going to read it and respond to it and if you don't want us to just let us know if it was just something for us otherwise we'll assume that it's all safe so if you do want to send us feedback, we're at RunkleRecaps at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at RunkleRecaps. Our Instagram is underscore how I met your podcast underscore. And I think that is all the social media. It's really funny because I was listening to our earliest episodes and you weren't on any form of Twitter at the time. And I remember you not really understanding how Twitter works. And now... <laughs> You're handling our Twitter handle and, you know, making comments to other people and receiving feedback and uh, managing it all. And I'm going in there looking there and I have no clue what's going on. Like, why can't I see what someone wrote to you that you wrote back to? And it's not a format I'm used to reading. And so I feel really like an old man looking at this. 
Yeah, I feel like Twitter is not quite as intuitive as like Facebook or Instagram for some reason. But and we're getting more engagement on Instagram anyway. Oh, we are. I didn't see any of that. That's because you don't know how to log into Instagram. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> my first week at work, one hour of one of my days there was dedicated to trying to get my computer hooked up to the office printer. <laughs> it was really miserable. Okay. So in case you were wondering, that's why I handle the social media. Hmm. Life among the gorillas. I... Don't be too negative. <laughs> <laughs> or whiny. There were some things I did like about this episode. I really liked the office stuff with Barney and the bros. Mm-hmm. I didn't like any of the Ted stuff. Uh, with I Robin. Liked, I like the entire episode. There, there, was one, there was a couple... Con- oh, look at you. You're always just trying to seem like the good guy. <laughs> I mean, that has been the story of our relationship. Whatever. <laughs> but no, gen- I genuinely really liked this episode. Well, I was surprised. I, I just went back before we started podcasting and noticed that I ranked it 88, which oh, is so fairly you, high. You did like it. Yeah, I think I liked it more than I remembered. It's, it's not one of those I... If I see it on TV that it's going to be the one that's coming on. I don't really want to watch it, but I guess it made me laugh enough. There's some things that we refer to a lot in mm-hmm. our regular lives. IMDb had it at 7.8, which is actually, you know, as we have discussed for How I Met Your Mother, it's pretty low. Yeah, that's surprising. I like this one. It, it's, again, another one of those ones that, like, introduces us to some ongoing themes, which we'll, you know, get into as we go through the storyline. So I'll jump in. The show starts off with our narrator telling his kids about Marshall and his interest in a, a anthropology as a kid. And he, there was one anthropologist that he was particularly interested in. Uh, she did, like, Life Among the Gorillas, I guess. Yep. Which is how, you know, we got this title, obviously. And so he, as a kid, went to go see her speak at a community college and asked her about how he could become an anthropologist and live with the gorillas. And she said, well, you can't because they'll all be dead or they'll all be gone. <laughs> and to be fair, there were a long time from that point, and they're still around. In fact, I don't even think gorillas are endangered. I have no idea. I know the rainforest is burning, so she wasn't all wrong. Yeah, but the, let's not go down that road. <laughs> The rainforests burn like that constantly to make room for agriculture. But, um, but you're right. That has been in the news lately. Okay. Um, so this you know, feeds directly into then Marshall starts lecturing Ted. Um, and we, when we jump in, we don't quite know the context, but Marshall's just kind of giving a speech about <laughs> you know, economic sanctions and trade and ruining the rainforest and you know, Ted's response. So you don't want coffee. Right, and my uncle, Uncle Dean, who owns Dean's Beans, is actually the kind of person that would give that exact lecture when coffee is brought up because he's all about the fair trade and he's written articles kind of going after like Paul Newman for having food, <laughs> for having food production that is not fair trade and he travels around the world to tribes that are, that are uh, growing coffee and helping them get into a fair trade situation. So, I mean, it's, it's good work that yeah, he's doing. For sure. It is very luxury, though, and this made me immediately think of him. But he did write a book called Java Trekker, so if you're interested in reading more on that, go to your local library or 
actually. Just go onto Amazon. Order it. Yeah, that's noble work. So, <laughs> despite Marshall's misgivings, he will still have a cup of coffee because he needs to be on for his first day at his new job. There was a couple turnarounds here where it goes from, you know, red hot to, no, okay, I'll have it. Because <laughs> yeah. when, when Ted offers or sort of threatens to pour it out, he says, okay, I'll take it. And this happens again. And then, cringeworthy moment, he refers to himself as the kid. Again, you are right, that does come back around because you mentioned <laughs> yeah. that a few episodes ago. The kid has become the man. And well, he took our advice. He's you know, going to take this internship, make some money, and then go work for the NRDC. Which he says he still plans to do after he graduates. Lily comes in to give him his sack launch. And this is one thing I don't particularly care about with the show is when they find uh, something funny that an elementary school kid would find <laughs> funny. They, they try and get a lot of mileage out of that. Whenever someone says yeah. doo-doo, or the word right. do twice, which creates the word doo-doo, um, they have to comment and laugh about it. And it, it, I don't know. I wonder if I found it funny at the time. Now I, I don't find it so funny. I find it sort of a cheap attempt at a, at a joke. Yeah, I mean, I think it can work better with some words or phrases than others. This one, yeah, you know, I guess it's Marshall, Marshall and Lily's thing. Yeah, they mostly them, but then Barney participates. I, we'll, we'll we'll see it as we go through. I mean, I think even although most things get better as the seasons go, I think that's something that kind of lingers as they go Probably. along. Marshall opens the door, and there's a care package, which launches us in, into Ted's story, whereby. Ted is has not sent any care packages to Victoria, who's been in Germany for a couple months now, but she sent him three, I think. Yeah, so they've been. She's been in Germany for a month. She's up three zero on the care packages, and she sends delicious cupcakes that he is just eating throughout the episode. Which I, I think it's kind of funny. I gotta say, those cupcakes look fairly unexciting. Oh, I thought they looked delicious. Really, for two. There you go again. For two people who had. <laughs> Cupcakes as our dessert at our mm, wedding yeah. reception, where amazing. it was like cupcakes with filling inside of it and, and Oreo, Oreo cupcakes like and in the middle of it, it was yeah. the best cupcake. Okay, so that's my point. The, the other thing is, I I don't really think that those cupcakes would survive. I was uh, thinking international. I mean, she's a cupcake shipping. expert, so I guess she knows how to ship them. I guess so, but you know, there, I just don't see any way the frosting would stay on, and so. Here's what we need to do. Our listener that emailed us is from Germany, so we're going to have him send us some cupcakes, and then we'll report back. <laughs> that does remind me, when we were talking about where we're seeing listeners, there are there was one from Germany, and then we saw a whole bunch from Brazil. Yeah, there was like which nine from Brazil, so we're, we're hello, on, Brazil. We're on three continents now. We are. So if you're listening to us and you're international and you want to become our international correspondent for your country... <laughs> Please let us know. Yep, welcome. We'll include your input. Okay, so... Marshall is going to work at Barney's company. Altrucell? Yeah, Altrucell, Altrucell, according to the closed caption. When I was just listening to it without it, I thought they were saying Ultracell, but the closed caption thinks it's Altrucell, A-L-T-R-U-C-E-L. They're mostly known for making the fuzz on tennis balls. But then it shows all the things that they also do, which shows factories, guns, oil, missiles. <laughs> a lot of evil things. But mostly they want you to focus on the tennis balls. That's where his internship is. And 
Barney gets a call from lobby security saying that there's been a Sasquatch scene on on the premise, mm-hmm. and Barney doesn't get it right away. It is Marshall's voice. Yeah. Using sort of a, a southern accent. <laughs> yeah, maybe he doesn't talk to Marshall on the phone that much. Barney's just really excited when he comes in, and the first thing Marshall notices is how many motivational posters. Oh, no, but Barney has a, a unique suit-up line. He's, <laughs> Marshall has suited in an unmistakably upward direction. Right. But back to the motivational posters. Yes, the motivational posters. <laughs> I like how one of them is awesomeness. Awesomeness. I wonder if that's the... When I'm sad, I stop being sad and be awesome instead. Or I'm, if it's a different one. I'm sure they're linked. But <laughs> he also has... Uh, which one is it that everybody should be alike? Conformity. Conformity. So he has conformity. Yeah, that comes into play later. <laughs> And that was, uh, we went and saw Adam's Family, the cartoon. Yes, that's and then true. It's the same that was a big, theme. <laughs> yeah, the big theme there was conformity was sort of the evil trope of it all. Yep. Yes. So we have some themes going on in our entertainment today. Blauman and Bilson that work at the office come in, and it's uh, actors that you'll recognize, Taron Killam from Saturday Night Live. And, and Hamilton. Taron Killam was in Hamilton? Mm-hmm. He played King, King George. George for a little bit. He didn't have to say who would play. There's one white character in the whole thing. <laughs> well, not everybody has seen Hamilton. So he was the very original King George, and that was... No, he wasn't. Oh, he wasn't. Okay. No, but he um, he subbed in at some point, I want to say, in the first year. Well, I've Maybe never heard him sing, but if he could sing, I could see him being really good in that role. Yeah. Because he, he plays smug well. Right. <laughs> and then another famous face, or familiar face, Brian Callen, who appears in a lot of the, you know... Um, is he in the Hangover movies? He's in the Hangover movies. He has a bit role in, um, what's the one where they kind of go back to college? Not really, but old they have school? a frat. Old school. Yeah, thank you. He's in a lot of those kind of films. He sort of plays comedies. the same. <laughs> comedies? Well, but I think Todd Phillips did both of those films, didn't he? That sounds right. And he, he often has an accent. And then something, you know, like Eastern European, right. I guess, or I, I'd have to listen to it again. He's, he's really good in this show. He's, he, he gets some, some great lines to deliver, uh, especially in the later seasons. Yeah, yeah. So these are both people we kind of see throughout the series. This starts sort of a, a slew of relationships that blossomed out of this TV show in real life. No, it's opposite. What do you mean? They were in the relationships and then okay. started on the show. I, I, my point is that there's a lot of... Well, I don't know. Was I don't, I'm not so sure Barney's husband was on... They were together before he was on the show. I believe so. It was actually Taryn Killam. I wasn't sure if he was on the show. Or if, yeah, if they were together before um, being on the show. But I looked it up and I guess... I think him and Colby Smulders started dating like... At some point in 2005. Okay. They didn't end up getting married until so, like 2012. So she probably got him this part. Right. And then and then Lily, right. Alice and Hannigan is married to the guy that plays Sandy Rivers, mm-hmm. who we'll meet later this season. Oh, yeah. A couple episodes from now. And then Barney is married to uh, Scooter, who I don't know if we meet him this season, but. I 
don't think so. And it doesn't matter that whether or not they got their roles based on their relationships because they all kill it. Oh, yeah. They're all really good. Yeah, so that's a fun, like a little fun fact of the show is they you know, incorporate the significant others into the, these good guest starring roles. Right away we get a taste of the broness of these guys. <laughs> and they like Marshall's tie, and this is something that... <laughs> Jed and I like to use every once in a while steak sauce, or as Taryn Killam, <laughs> or as Blauman says it, steak sauce. <laughs> and I like Barney here because Marshall has like no idea what they're talking about. He's like sidebar. <laughs> yeah, I like how in this show when someone says sidebar and they go over and talk, the original people they were talking to don't acknowledge it. It's <laughs> right. like, wait, why are you guys going in to talk over there? We get this later on with with Barney and Ted picking up a couple women, but. And that's an even more extreme case because they actually leave the scene and oh, go into another, right. yeah. go back inside to talk a few times. <laughs> but in this time, it's it's more that subtle. But yeah, it's just kind of ignored by the people that you're talking to. So steak sauce is a one. A one means great, awesome. So Bilson launches into this scenario of two Jessicas. One's at the front door. One's at the back door. Jessica Simpson and Jessica Alba. Was it? Yeah. And he's got to choose which one he's going to sleep with. And I like, as they're telling the scenario, you'll see Barney's face. Oh, I Like, wow. That. Like, really into the... <laughs> like, this is really happening. <laughs> into the scenario. Like, ooh. It's hard to describe. And, and Marshall does it later. I'll, I'll say when. When it comes up again. But, but I like Marshall's just being... He keeps nitpicking about the right. details of it. I don't have a back door. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a back door. Uh, I'm, I have a fiance. She's out of town. Uh, still that, have a fiance. Yeah, I still have a fiance. I like how they say it so casually. Like that would definitely mean that he wouldn't care. Did she die? Was she got hit by a bus? But that was, that was a good exchange. Right. Well, I think slightly, shortly before they come in, Marshall's asking Barney, like, you know, what do you do here? And this, I think, is our first incident of Barney's answer being, please. quote unquote, please. Right. Which, Which I was going to say, yeah, we find out way down the road what that actually means, but it's funny. It's a good, yeah. So, yeah, that's this is a good example, again, of something that gets drawn out throughout the entire series that, you know. For all we can tell, it, you know, initially it's just like a funny thing that Barney says, like he doesn't tell anybody what he does for a living. But then, um, I believe it's all the way into season nine, is when we actually learn that please, please is, is an acronym, right? Which we won't share right now. We'll we'll come back to that when it happens. But I wonder if do you think that they thought of what it was going to be this early on, or? Do you think that we, they were just being vague so that they could think up something better later on? Or it, maybe kind of just reveal that he doesn't really do any. Like, I always thought he never just, he just never did anything. <laughs> right. I think it's possible that they had it in mind the whole time. But either way, it works. It's funny. Yeah, they really do a long distant callback when they reveal what he does mm-hmm. and how he, how he leaves the job eventually. Right, and so that's why I feel like maybe it was from the beginning they had that whole thing, you know, kind of in in mind. Okay, so we're we're back at the apartment now, and Ted's leaving Victoria a message. 
I have her flashing in between the apartment and McLaren's. Yeah, and Ted's talking to Robin about it, saying, you know, I called her, left her voicemail, and I messed up. I you know, told her I sent her a care package. What am I going to do? She's going to know I lied. He said he sent her uh, a care package to Germany, and it's really awesome. And so he's telling Robin about this, and, you know, what am I going to do now? It's, I said it's going to be really awesome. Robin says... I, I'm not impressed with her solution to this because it's just, you know, send her a bunch of crap that reminds her of New, New York. I mean, it's cute. Then, it's, it's a little common sense, but... It's not easy anymore to get back issues of New York Times. Yeah. I think that sure. used to be easier. They used to have newsstands where they'd actually keep, like, a few days behind. Oh, interesting. They don't, I, don't think, I don't think you could find that anymore. But I bet there's a way to order it online. It would just take a while. Right, which would defeat the purpose. Um, I was like, Ted has a silly line in here that I enjoy. Like, I think frosting makes me lie. And just like the delivery of it made me laugh. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I didn't care for that one. You never do. I know. I'm a tough critic. I'm a tough audience. We're later at the apartment and... We, I think we need to bring something else up about Robin because during all this, you can still you can see it in Robin's interactions, like she's helping him, but it's not something she's super psyched on doing. She has feelings for him. Oh, is this the part where he keeps talking about how it's ironic that exactly. he he would have been telling this to Lily about her? And she, I get it; it's ironic. Yeah, and so she yeah, cuts this comes yeah, this comes into play. You know at the end of this episode and then the next episode. So we're kind of seeing the seeds that are being planted here. Good point. Thanks for backing us up. Anytime. Marshall gets back from work and he's like a kid that had a bad first day (laughs) at school and he's very mopey about it. I don't want to talk about it. And yet he's, I mean, him being this overly sensitive is, I found a little (laughs) off-putting, but... It does play well. He's unhappy. He calls the guys at work jerks. I mean, I don't know. I have to think about this because at this point, like, he's a grown-up. He's been to college. He's been in, you know, the work world for a little bit. Then he's been in law school. Like, and now he's in this environment with, like, these really immature, jerky guys. Like, I think I would be kind of pouty about it, too. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, these guys are a real throwback, and I think they were probably still more common in this period of time around 2006 or whenever the bros. we are now. Yeah, the bros. This isn't really tolerated as much today. <laughs> I don't know, but this Barney, mysterious Barney company, <laughs> if it's going to be anywhere, it would probably still be happening there. The office I worked in, D.C., it did have NRDC there, but it also had Merrill Lynch and a lot of stockbrokers coming in and out, and they weren't... Those are the kind of guys you sort of expect to still be, have this sort of attitude. And, you know, finance guys or brokers, and, you know, they, they seem normal. They weren't, there was no bro talk. Well, that's good. <laughs> Maybe the bro is over. My, in Glassdoor reviews of my company, there were a few comments of people that had laughed that said that it was too much of a bro atmosphere. At our, at our office. But it really wasn't. I mean, it was really yeah. more millennial-shaped and, you know, people doing things to service, you know, paying service to the community. And it, it, it was a lot more modern. I, I think, yeah, there was a lot of guys and a lot of white guys, too. But I think, you know, those poor white guys, they just get a bad rap these days. Can't do anything right. 
right? Um, they flash back to the the office, and Marshall's opening his packed lunch, and everyone's making fun of him because his fiance made it for him, and they want to know if his cru- the crusts are cut off. <laughs> and he just you know, folds the sandwich back up. Yeah, because he's <laughs> like, no, they are. <laughs> and then they were. And you always you always want you have your crust cut off, and Tyler asked me to do it, and I our five year old, and I always say no, just because you know what life's tough. Eat the crust; it's part of crust. Isn't that good? I love crust. Crust is like my favorite part. No, well, I mean, again, that's it's our own special olive theory. Like, you eat the heel of the bread. I think that's the worst part. Although, although I don't try and eat your discarded crusts. No. <laughs> <laughs> I used to when I cut him off for him when he was smaller because I had to get him to eat, and he would just not eat. I, and I did cut them off for him. I would like dip them in a like a hummus or something and eat them that way. <laughs> well, that's good. We don't want to waste food. I'd like to just give them to our dog, but she's so fat, and we only feed our dog food and science diet too. But she's a bulldog. She's just a chunk. Yep. We'll probably hear her in the background snoring right now, even though we have her face away from yeah, the mic. Yeah, she's our chair swivels that she lays in and sleeps and snores while we podcast. So at least this time I kind of swiveled it so she's facing <laughs> away. So the snoring might not be quite as bad as it yeah. usually is. We'll see how good this mic is. Then they grab a, a note that he pulls out from his launch away from him. This was kind of mean. Oh, yeah, for sure. But her writing him a note saying, I love <laughs> I you. I love you. <laughs> yeah, that, that real, I mean, I don't care what. The work culture is. You're getting made fun of. I'm going to slip that in to your lunch when you pack it tomorrow. <laughs> Lily said, those jerks, we're cute. Everyone knows it. <laughs> no, you're kind of an annoying couple. Yeah, but it's not like he brought it out and was like, hey, everybody, look what my fiance, you know, read or wrote for me. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with her slipping a cute note in and yeah, him reading it, especially on his first day. No, there's something wrong with that. <laughs> and then there's a moment where you know I'm not going to like this. Where he said, you know, he had to deal with this kind of stuff early on in college, his freshman year, except for then his his sweet dance moves would impress everybody. And then he he started to dance, and right away my brain goes, so please don't, don't do it. It was... Again, it was another robot to yeah. faux break dance move. Not our favorite, um... But what what exactly was going on that sweet dance moves got him out of whatever bullying situation was happening? I don't know. Maybe his mom was sending him notes that said, I love you. <laughs> well, no, but how was the dance move going to fix that? Like, all of a sudden, then they're like, oh, no, never mind. Marshall's really cool. I don't know. Maybe he'd be, like, dancing in the, uh, you know, in the common area and... All the bad impressions people had of him were all wiped away because a crowd <laughs> gathered around him in a circle. Perhaps. And he was doing his Michael Jackson slash robot slash faux, faux breakdance. <laughs> he would not have made the Kensington Breakers is what I'm trying to say here. That's unfortunate. He's at the bar with Barney at McLaren's and he announces to Barney he thinks he's going to quit. And then Barney gives them sort of a drawn-out package speech, which I think really is just to service a later joke about yeah. <laughs> his package, uh, you know, what he brings to the table in parallel with, you know, his private parts. Right. Or that's what the joke is created to later. I think that's the only reason why they keep using the word package. 
Right, yeah, no. Yeah, leads to silliness later, but yeah, he gives Marshall a whole spiel about, you know, he needs to be able to provide for Lily, you know, get a nice house, be able to send their kids to good schools. And this comes back later, I think, uh, season two, maybe season three, when Marshall finally graduates and starts looking for a job and starts getting courted by... Was it um, Jefferson Coatsworth? Yeah, she be, she has a lot of flashes of hypocrisy in this because not so much in this episode, but as the show goes on, of you know why aren't you the guy that I married and you know that I fell in love with in college that had values and right. then she goes from between that and you know she's a shopaholic and they're in an incredible amount of debt, right? And then they and, buy that house that they can't afford that <laughs> needs to be fixed. Right. So, I mean, everyone sort of has these contrasting desires in life, so it's not unusual. So I guess it seems like Barney's speech has yeah, at least encouraged him to give it at least another day. And we cut into the tail end of another scenario. <laughs> By Bilson. And it has something to do with the Golden Girls and... Uh, <laughs> Marshall says, uh, B. Arthur? Wrong. Betty White. <laughs> now, if it's, which one would you sleep with? I hope Marshall wasn't choosing B. Arthur, because I really think she's three at best out of that crew. How dare you? B. Arthur is a living, le- well, not a living. They're all. B. Arthur was a treasure. They were all treasures. <laughs> but yeah, Betty White was the hottest. And Betty White was really pretty back in the day. Yeah. And. Blanche was, I, f- I forget the actress's name right now. Rue something. Sounds sounds about right. She was sort of supposed to be the the sexy one, if you will. The active one. <laughs> well, she was sexually active, but she was also sort of kind of billed as the, the sexual one and the sexy one. And Betty White really was, you know. Oh, you know what? I did read something about this that I think initially... They wanted Betty White for that part, and Betty White had already done some a similar character, I guess, on... Mama's Family? Or not uh, Not Mary it? Tyler Moore show. Yeah, maybe it was the Mary Tyler Moore show. It was, I, I, I'm not you know, super well-versed in Betty White TV history, but whatever it was, she had already kind of like played that character, and she wanted to play the more you know, flighty, innocent, if you will... Person, <laughs> I actually read Betty White's memoirs. Oh, okay. There's not a lot of intrigue, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's she's such a great person, and she she had such a great career. But I mean, it really was like a 50 year build of a career. Yeah, she was doing sure. radio, and that's how old she is. That where you know there was more radio jobs than TV jobs. She was doing radio for like. 15 years before she got TV. Wasn't she on, like, a bunch of game shows and things? She was. I feel like maybe she was married to someone that was producing a lot of them. That sounds right. Okay. So, regardless, the answer is Betty White. Yeah. I I think, you know, I don't care what you ask me about the Golden Girls. The answer is Betty White. (laughs) So, Tyler has a book from the library. I'm not sure if you've read it with him yet. But the... The kid goes to B. Arthur Elementary School. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, we're back at the bar, and Ted and Robin are in the booth talking to each other. Ted describes having been on the phone with Victoria, and they're just having the worst conversation ever. Well, and he points out, you know, they've been talking, you know, every other night for an hour and a half, and eventually you run out of stuff to say. And, (laughs) yeah, we've been there. We dated long distance for two years. There's only so much that happens in a day. Yeah, I remember kind of being the one to have to cut us off a lot. I mean, like, okay, we've run out of interesting conversation. (laughs) And we weren't talking it, you know, with a who knows how long time difference. Although I guess, wouldn't her time difference be worse? Yes. So, all right. Yeah, that's not quite adding up, but (laughs) Ted fell asleep, and now he feels really guilty. Now he decides that he really just needs to go to Germany to surprise her, to make up for being such a bad boyfriend or couple on his end of it all. Right. And again, we see Robin, you know, because he starts out with, well, I know what I need to do. And you see her kind of gearing up like, oh, yeah, he's going to break up with her. And then it's, I'm going to go to Germany and visit her. And her response just like, yeah, that's not what I was thinking. Hmm. They're at work, Marshall, Marshall and Barney. Um, Barney's getting advice from Marshall. And yeah, Barney, Barney's, Marshall's getting advice from Barney. Oh, I'm sorry. I said it backwards. <laughs> Uh, Barney points to his conformity <laughs> I love this motivational so much. poster with the penguins on it. <laughs> and it says, it's the one who's different that gets left out in the cold. This is a motivational poster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. And Barney gives another little spe- speech about how you know he can learn to love himself for the unique, special little snowflake that he is, or he can just change his entire personality. <laughs> They get back to the the apartment, and Marshall decides that he's going to change his uh, his personality. But this isn't really him changing his personality. This is him doing an anthropological anthropological experiment, and he's <laughs> trying to really rationalize this with Lily about you know she's saying this sounds a lot like peer pressure, <laughs> yeah. and he's saying no, it's an anthropological study and. Uh, you know, she's not buying it, neither are we, but... <laughs> she's like, pretty sure it's peer pressure. We have an assembly every year. Yeah, it was funny. We're at the bar now, and Barney's giving Marshall gorilla lessons. <laughs> First thing is, Marshall has to show that he's psyched to get them. And so uh, they high-five, and it's unsatisfactory to, to Barney. You liked what Barney had to say about it. I'll <laughs> let did. you repeat it. <laughs> So first, Barney's asking for, he he wants to feel the tremors of psychitude, and what Marshall gave him was a, quote, declawed pregnant cat on a porch swing, idly swatting at a fly on a lazy Sunday afternoon. And Marshall goes, man, that was really specific. (laughs) Okay. Just one of those little things about Barney that I really like. Then he's teaching him how to slip a tip, like do the handshake with, you know, a bill. Fold it up that you hand off, and it's kind of funny back and forth with the, well, who am I going to have to do this with? Right. The guy. What guy? Oh, there's always a guy. <laughs> and this is, I feel like, a common sitcom trope of, oh, somebody cool teaches me to do this thing, and then I mess it up really badly, which, you know, it doesn't go that way in, in this episode. Yeah. They kind of take a new slant on it. Yeah, that, they, they had this in Friends where, sort of, where Richard had taught right. Joey and 
and Chandler how to tip a guy with a handshake. Right, and then it was on Big Bang 2, where, like, Leonard tries to tip the maitre d' and <laughs> it doesn't work. And Seinfeld, where Elaine tries to tip the guy at the, the Chinese, Chinese restaurant. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, very sitcom trip. So I like that, you know, it kind of ended in a different way than... Did you notice that? Okay, because I wrote it down. I didn't notice it until the last time I watched it. Oh, when Marshall right. does it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> apparently Barney's given Marshall a story to tell that will save him uh, or, or put him in good graces with the bros. And so he asks him to practice it again. <laughs> I like the face Marshall makes as he's yes. launching into it. It's like this confident eyebrow up, one eyebrow up. Uh, <laughs> Smarmy looking face, and yeah, he really pulls it off. <laughs> I like his snap a do. I've never ever heard anyone say snap a do before, and hopefully, we never do. So, they we don't hear the whole story, but they cut to the end of it where he's at work and he's saying something about a fake diamond ring. And it was, I don't know what if Svetlana made it back to her country <laughs> or not, but I'll tell you what, that fake diamond ring worth every penny, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> Now, did you recognize the tail end of this story? No. Apparently, it's a story that somebody was supposed to be telling in Reservoir Dogs or something. Like, I've never seen it, but I was just you know, looking at the, the yeah. fun facts about the episode. I've seen Reservoir Dogs only a couple times and not for the last 15 years. But there is a scene early on where... The undercover cop, played by Tim Roth, is being coached by somebody else on, here's a story you're going to tell to sort of ingratiate yourself with these guys. Okay. And I want you to memorize it and tell it. So, I, no, I didn't recognize that at all, but okay. I, See, I, I do I, recognize what you're, you know, sort of the, the commonality. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I thought that it said it was like a similar type of story. I'm not sure if it was just like that similar setup. We get another Blauman great steak sauce. (laughs) And then Marshall's feeling like he's now blending in as the gorilla and he looks in the mirror and quite literally has the worst gorilla mask on ever. (laughs) They couldn't have done a little more. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I know they didn't have a, probably a very big budget yet for this show, but I, I feel like they could have gotten him something yeah, a little bit really better. Yeah, it was really bad. Maybe the Halloween store was closed already. <laughs> or superimposed like a gorilla <laughs> head on him. Right, because it's not like he was actually wearing a gorilla costume. Like, I don't know. Maybe the technology wasn't there. The next scene is Ted and Robin back at the bar. R- Ted got an email from Victoria that says she really needs to talk. Sorry she missed his call the other night, really needs to talk. And there's a little back and forth of he thinks she's going to break up with him. Robin convinces him, you know, that's not going to happen. That's, I bet you, a... A floppity jillion dollars. (laughs) Very confident. And he's, you know, he's saying, you're right, I'm being crazy. So should I still buy that plane ticket, right? (laughs) I love her turn around. I'd wait. Yeah. And she sort of got a little smile on her face. After, you know, really building him up to be confident that she's not going to break up with him. That was a really good delivery, too. I love that. I like it. We're back at the apartment, and Marshall's on the phone with Blauman. And he's got the the bro. (laughs) He's sunken into the couch, and he's got that bro face on. And he's, you know, using all the language like, what what up, E-bomb? We're still doing karaoke. (laughs) Dope. (laughs) 
I really like the catch you on the flip, butt puppet. <laughs> I, it's so bro-y, I can't even handle it. <laughs> it seems like they got a bro consultant to come in and write some of this stuff. <laughs> they must have. Because I've never heard anyone talk like any of this, <laughs> and even when I've been around bros. But it just seems like something they would do. Yep. <laughs> and Lily, understandably, is not having any of this. Like, oh, before and before we talk, go into that, Lily, you know, comes to show Marshall her painting, and I will say this is the only good painting I've seen her do in the entire yeah, run of really the show. Good. It was a it was a good you know still life portrait of the flowers she was painting of some sunflowers. Now, would you say it was steak sauce? <laughs> it was a one, like he said. <laughs> I wouldn't say steak sauce. I'd say a one. <laughs> oh, no, no. You start with steak sauce. Steak sauce. I remember once, you were, I think it's when we were in Pittsburgh, and we were going to the, a couple years ago, we were going to the playoff game between Pittsburgh and Kansas City when it was like minus 20 degrees out that oh, day. Oh, that was Miami. Did they were playing Miami? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'm sure that's really relevant to the story. <laughs> At any rate, we went out the night before, and I was, went outside of a bar to wait for you to use the restroom after we ate dinner or something like that. And there was a, a group of, like, 20-somethings, and one of them like, that is steak sauce. No. Don't, I, I came back and told you about it afterwards. I don't remember that. And I, like, just lit up. I was like, are you quoting my, How I Met Your Mother? Are you quoting How I Met Your Mother? And they were. Oh, I was okay. like, oh, I was so excited. <laughs> I was really worried for a second that they were going to look at you like, what are you talking about? And they actually just talked that way. <laughs> that probably would have been a better story. But, no, they were just fans. That's so funny. I do not remember They're that. probably eventually going to be listeners. Hey, guys. Hey. How you been? Go Steelers. Mm. We won that game. So Lily is not happy about any of this. Like, you know, she doesn't like Marshall doing this at work. She definitely doesn't want him acting like this at home. She's saying that the anthropologist wouldn't, didn't come home and throw feces at <laughs> right. people. So Marshall encourages her to come out with them to karaoke. You know, oh, they're not that bad. You'll see. I don't know why he thinks. Yeah, more, ration- <laughs> more rationalizing. <laughs> Clearly, she's going to hate them, but he drags her along anyway. Yeah, so we're at the karaoke bar. And <laughs> Plowman's given another scenario. To I think this time to Lily. I don't think so. It wasn't to Lily? <laughs> but as he's giving the scenario, uh, Marshall's got that, like, wow, look on his face. <laughs> yeah, I did notice More that. good face acting. Then they're talking about what they're going to sing, and... Lily says that you know they're gonna. They always do. Don't go breaking my heart. <laughs> they have a dance routine to it. <laughs> and Bob was like, "No, gotta be heavy metal." Yeah, and Marshall, as she starts talking about their dance routine, Marshall cuts in with like, "No, we'll do Iron, Iron Man. Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. We'll do Iron Man." And she she walks off. Well, that she walks off because they reveal to Marshall that they're going to talk to HR about hiring him on, so he can work there permanently. And Lily's just done. She's she walks off. Yeah. Um, and so then this leads to they start, you know, he follows her and they have a conversation at the bar and he, you know, starts talking about how he wants to give her the package and it leads into all the silly package jokes of, you know, he has a great package. She loves his package. He has a huge package. And then she walks away and <laughs> like the girl that's standing next to him just kind of like gives him eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't love this, but that, that one thing with the girl is kind of funny. Uh, Robin and 
Ted are talking on the phone. I think she's at work. Yeah. And Victoria still hasn't called him. She tells him, you know, stop thinking about it. Go out and have fun. So he goes to the karaoke bar. And as he goes to the karaoke bar, as he comes in, Barney's singing ACDC, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. And he's singing it really well. Oh, yeah. Barney he is, is killing it. Yeah. NPH, amazing singer. He can really hit those high notes, like when he gets into the oh, raspy yeah. high notes of it all. Yeah, he did, uh, I can't remember if it was several episodes or an episode of Glee, and he did like a Dream On duet with Matthew Morrison. Ah. That was really good. Yeah, that gets really high. Mm-hmm. Dream On. Yeah, it was really good. And Marshall and Ted are at the bar talking to each other, kind of catching up, and Ted's telling him about Victoria, how she's going to break up with him, and she's fading away, and Marshall comforts him a little bit and gets motivated to, to go up and sing karaoke. Yeah, slips and, the money to the DJ. Yeah, slips the money to the <laughs> DJ, as he was taught. I love, and this is going to, I'll go ahead and call it now, this is going to be my favorite joke of the night, when he <laughs> goes to, to cut Barney off. Barney goes, Rocky Pied. <laughs> I know, it's good. I've sung karaoke, and I've always wished someone would come up and kind of cut me off so I could say Rocky Pied. (laughs) Or some scenario where I could say Rocky Pied to somebody. Dying to do it. Well, next time we do karaoke, I'll make sure I interrupt you. So, yo, oh, that's a good idea. Uh, You'll be my plant. (laughs) Okay. Marshall and Lily, Marshall starts singing Don't Go Breaking My Heart, and she comes in. (laughs) (laughs) Their dance routine is just really, really horrible. But I think, it's funny, but it's but at least at this really point, bad. It's, yeah, it's horrible on purpose. It's not... She, whenever <laughs> she's dancing, it's humorous <laughs> but bad. Right. But yeah, I think this is intentionally bad, whereas I think some of the other stuff has been Marshall... Well, I guess Marshall's club dancing wasn't that bad. I know you didn't like it. It was only bad if you thought it was good. Otherwise, you're right. It wasn't, like, the worst thing in the world, but... Right. Yeah, and it wasn't like this, like this over the top, really bad. Well, they're trying to hit on something where I think they're trying to make it look like he thinks it's good, and even though it's okay, it's still not really good. I feel like, I don't, I feel like it's not as funny as if it was... It might be funny for, funnier if it was worse. And he thought it was really good. I don't know. There's something about it where I still kind of feel like Jason Siegel thinks he's got a good dance routine down. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, Jason, if you're listening, let us know whether, whether you thought that was really good dancing or not. <laughs> so we're in the last scene of the episode. Robin calls... Ted and invites him over and I like the way they end yeah, this in, you know, she called you know, the woman they used to be in love with or are still in love with calls you to come over at 2am in the morning, what do you do? Go. Okay. It was a nice little wrap up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Okie dokie. So, we are done. Next week we're doing Nothing Good Happens After 2am, which is the logical follow up to this. And God, I hate to say it, I really don't like that episode. <laughs> We're so close. And actually, you know, the one where they go to her award show is coming up. And there's, oh, yeah. There's some really good ones coming up. Oh, my gosh, yeah, that one's so good. But I think we just sort of have to get, after, get past this 2 a.m. 
one, and and I think we're gonna just climb very rapidly in quality of shows. Yep. Yeah, because you know we're gonna be spoiled seasons two through five, and then you know it's you know how I'm, I'm listening to the Beverly Hills 90201 and they're in the last season, mm-hmm. which is just miserable and. <laughs> Just the pain they describe going through, having to cover the end of this. <laughs> like even the actors don't want to be there anymore, and with like we get it, we don't want to be here either. <laughs> I, f- I don't want to be that negative on it towards right. the end. And there are like even in the last couple of seasons where it, it, it descends rapidly, there are still a couple really good episodes oh, sunk yeah. in there. So yeah. It'll be a lot like season one, where there's you know just kind of one or two that or three that we're excited about. But anyways, well, thanks again for everyone listening in. Thanks for being fans. Can't wait to hear from more of you. And Jen and I are going to go off and design our own motivational posters. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? Restfulness. Restfulness. <laughs> Does that sound about right for us? No, uh, there's going to be something better. All right, everyone. Good night. (laughs) Bye.